Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Aquaman. So this is the sixth instalment in the DC Extended Universe, if they're still calling it that, or are we just saying that? I don't know. I don't think they've ever No, I don't think it's official. But anyway, let's stick with it. The third to feature Arthur Curry, or Aquaman, following a cameo in Batman v Superman, and a prominent role in Justice League. My man. <laughs> I dig it. And the first live-action solo film for the character. If you haven't watched Aquaman yet, but you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Directed by James Wan, from a story by Jeff Johns, Will Beale and Wan, Aquaman stars Jason Momoa as Arthur Curry. Jason, you have the plot. Yeah, and uh, it's, uh, I've written a lot more than the, the plot actually really is, but um, Arthur Curry, the heir to the underwater kingdom of Atlantis, must step forward to lead his people against his half-brother Orm, played by Patrick Wilson, who seeks to unite the seven underwater kingdoms and wage a war against the surface world. Born from forbidden love between lighthouse keeper Thomas Curry, that's Temuera Morrison and the Atlantis princess Atlanta, that's Nicole Kidman. Arthur must decide who is who he is, um, an Atlantean or a human. With the aid of Atlanteans Mira, Amber Heard, and Volko, that's uh, Willem Dafoe, Arthur reluctantly sets out to retrieve the trident of Atlan, whilst fending off waves of Orm's men, and an armoured-up pirate Black Manta, played by uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, I think. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> So this is the first post Justice League movie. There was a yeah, there and was a bit of pressure. Just before we started recording, I was just talking about how I find it painful thinking back to Justice League at this point. It was yeah. I watched it, we reviewed it at the time and you know, it's it's still got its merits. But wow, it's it should have been how did it something happen? else. And we've heard uh, filming as wrapped on Wonder Woman 1984. In a couple of months' time, we're going to be getting the Shazam movie. And here we are with Aquaman. So I was very concerned going into this. In the marketing for this movie, they were shying away from the orange and green. And I thought maybe we weren't going to see it because we were getting biker Aquaman. You know, he's underwater, he's just he's topless, he's looking angry. Yeah, he's gruff, he's brooding, he's drinking, he's got a beard, you know, like, it's all very cool. And the Aquaman that we got in Justice League, which doesn't make sense now, even more so looking back, because where did he even get that costume from? Like the outfit that he's wearing. And he's got the A on the buckle. And it just doesn't make sense, because this is Aquaman's origin movie. In this film, Arthur Curry becomes Aquaman. So before, wasn't Aquaman. I find it very disappointing that it's, if they'd have waited for these solo movies to have the characters establish themselves, like imagine when we get to see Arthur Curry, Aquaman, Jason Momoa in all his glory wearing the costume, he's got the gold trident. I thought it was just amazing. Imagine that standing next exactly. to you know, your Batman exactly. and your Superman and your Wonder Woman. But oh. I wanted to get Justice League out of the way and I feel as though we've done that. So that movie happened. Moving forward, we've got all these other DC projects to look forward to. But here we are, Aquaman. And let's just address the tone so we can fully move away from Justice League, which was different to what we get here. So all the DC movies that have come before have happened. Mm -hmm. And here we are. We're underwater. And there is an octopus playing the drums. I mean, Under the sea. this is a complete tonal shift. 
and I am on board. I'm liking what I'm seeing here. There is so much happening almost all the time. And I'm just along with with the ride. And I did look up online. Just I was curious about this octopus. Right? Because right, okay, okay. it was a scene in the movie. Sure. And it's like, well, that's different, isn't it? But it is a different world. We are in Atlantis. You know, you've got... Uh, Atlanteans, including Aquaman in the third act, riding a seahorse. It gets really silly, but I think with Momoa as the face of this movie, you just go with it. Now, that octopus has a name. Topo. Oh, fantastic. In the Aquaman (laughs) animated series from 1967, he was Aquaman's sidekick. And in that cartoon, he did ride a seahorse. Those things are present in this movie. Right. So what do you think to the tonal shift? Because you don't seem as on board with it <laughs> as I am. I'm just letting you ride. I've, I've, I've gone black. Um, this, like, so what they've done is obviously Justice League happened, as you said. They've gotten the, seen the feedback, you know, people responded to, you know, Man of Steel, BBS, all of that. And then they've gone, well, let's just do the complete opposite. Let's, let's turn the lights on. Let's add so much colour to everything. They really have not just shifted and tried to rebalance and find a new direction. They've just gone, well, we went in that way. Let's go that way. Complete opposite. Like, they've gone running for the hills. This is completely different to the point where, is this the start of, uh, like, just everything fresh and new? Is there, do we do we just ignore those other movies? No, it's all canon. I was very surprised when Mira actually referenced Steppenwolf when she was trying to convince... Yeah. Arthur to help. Like you said, you know, like if this was just his origin and, you know, up until this time, Arthur was just chilling out at the bar most of the time, just doing what he what he does, and then he sort of goes into his venture, that would have been a better origin, but it's like, no, he's already kind of had his, you know, brush with danger and heroics and it's like ah. he reluctantly helped then and he's reluctantly helping now but you're finding out that he is going off on these little adventures like the submarine at the beginning where he first comes face to face with Black Manta yeah like he's More doing things he is later. doing heroics he is be- he's doing things Flying because pirates. yeah because he, he can like he's not quite the protector of Atlantis but he's protecting people on the surface yeah when you've got him in the bar he's with his dad Tom Curry you know they're drinking beers and that felt Tonally, like the Arthur Curry we've been introduced to. I like that. So there is, for me, a continuation there. When we go underwater and we're in Atlantis, that That's feels where like a completely different movie, different tone, which fits. i got to say, I'm liking the look of um, Atlanta and that whole world. You know, we got a peak of it in Justice League and it was dark and gloomy. And I, I get that there was obviously just one tiny little area, which and they could, have been again. could have even been the outskirts. But yeah, this was huge. Like the scale of what they've put on screen, the colours, the, the the designs are a little amazing. But like, they do that again here, what you're talking about, how we first were introduced to Atlantis in Justice League, but you find out that was ruins. Right. When you had, you know, Orm and you got Lundgren there, who Dolph Lundgren in this is brilliant with his pink beard riding a seahorse riding a seahorse but you're first introduced to atlantis in this movie and it's all old broken down and then it's later on and you're kind of like seeing it at the same time as arthur curry and i got the impression that that's his first time going there yeah. he'd been to the outskirts before 
but we're almost seeing it through his eyes, which I thought was a good introduction. I mean, they do sort of speak on that, like, how can you judge another world without actually being there? And it's like, he goes there and it's like, wow, this is like a whole, like, thing. It's a civilization, a world, like, there's technology, there's cray, like, there's there's more than I thought. You know, he just thought it was, I don't know, it'll murder people living underwater. Yeah, it's a whole, like, it's a, it's a modern society. It's crazy. It's like, it's like Star Wars. It's like space, but underwater. Space. And I was, I was really, I was really digging it. Okay, so this movie opens. We've got Atlanta, played by Nicole Kidman, who's like a warrior mermaid slash person. I thought she was great in this. The thing with the thing with Nicole Kidman, right? Like, I did get the impression that she was phoning it in here, but she's one of those actresses where it's like she can do it. I didn't think she was phoning it in, and I really liked the choice she made with the accent. They didn't sound American. Like, it was a little bit Australian, but not to the extent that it was. It was sort of something foreign, but, like, yeah, like, which would make sense. She's, like, of royalty, but also from this foreign world. Yeah, that makes sense. The opening scene, though, the amount of exposition... Oh, the narration from Arthur Curry did not need it. The amount of exposition that we needed, everything that was on screen being showed to us painted that picture perfectly. You know, like, she's literally laying on a bed with a pregnant belly, and there's narration, and then it was conceived. And I was like, yeah, no shit. It, it is it is rushed. It's and spoon, it, it's yeah, rushed, there's a, it's choppy. There's, there's a lot of that going on. What I will say up front, like, we'll get to the end of this review, and we'll give our full thoughts, but I'll just say this moving forward, just so you know where I'm coming from. This movie is a mess, but I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> I really enjoy the film. It, there's times where... It, it feels a bit cheap and rushed. Visually, I'm loving it. But some of the performances aren't necessarily the strongest. But on the whole, I think we've got a very enjoyable movie here. But this opening is an example of it did feel a bit rushed. Yeah, like we're, do, we're doing an origin movie It's a bit here, home and away, like... neighbours, you know, the whole getting together, now we're pregnant. But how much time could they spend on it, really? I mean, yeah. If you look at Superman the movie in 78... Like that happened very quickly as well. That's a good point, yeah. But like, I guess they utilize the scenes, showing you key scenes. But you do get flashbacks and stuff of other things, you know, Arthur training with Volko, Willem Dafoe. Training on the beach when you've got teenage Arthur. Oh, and he didn't need it. He's, yeah, the, he's worst the worst. He's the worst. Actor, that, that line yeah. delivery where he's like, oh my, like that's why my mom is dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that, he was, that movie, was a better delivery. If he, <laughs> he was, if he was in the movie more, like yeah. another three seconds. I probably would have walked. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking, I don't know if I like seeing superheroes as kids, and I thought, oh, actually, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. It's kind of what they do. You like, get they, to see all of them. It. It's very much the DC approach, isn't it? Like, you get to see them they're as life. children. Like so, okay, like we're getting a, a DC origin. Okay. But I, it's that middle part. Like, when we see Clark Kent older in Smallville, going back to that Superman the movie... It works there. But anyway, we see that teenage Arthur Curry. He's not can working I mention, for... Just whilst talking this, can evil. I mention Justice League one more time? Okay. And I'll try to yep. avoid it. So you know that one scene that he does have with Mira in Justice League? And like she refers, she sort of refers to him as like the, uh, you know, like the, the son of, you know, Queen Atlanta returns or something. It's sort of in a derogative way. And then he sort of, he kind of just starts bagging on his mum. Like, yeah, she left me, blah, 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 at the doorstep. Pretty much showing resentment almost hate towards her but then this movie has him having a completely different opinion of her from the start from these flashbacks when he was a kid learning you know that she basically sacrificed herself she she left to protect them 
and was killed by these people, essentially. I think this is better. This rewrites any, it. It does, but any rewrite that's going to improve what we've seen in Justice League, I'm okay with. Right. I think this is, is a better take. But so how long do we wait until this this C series, this universe is on track? And, you know, like, it's still... One film at a time. I'm just going to take it one film at a time. Right. And I do like the relationship between Atlanta and Tom, although rushed, like when he's walking to the edge of the pier to wait for her yeah. every day. I liked it. Daredevil is like cheesy. As... What was going on with the marketing for this film? Like, who are they selling it to? Because in a lot of the trailers, and what you're getting in this movie with their relationship, they're really selling a love story. Yeah. And this movie is going gangbusters out the box office. Yeah, I'm aware. It's going very well, which I think... Is, is a good thing. Like, we want these movies to make money so they can make more of them, but there's definitely an audience for this. And it is, a di- like, tonally, structurally, it's different to, say, Marvel Studios. But the same thing could be said for Venom, which is a movie that we both disliked, but it's going back to feeling more like a movie from the 90s or early 2000s. And at times, Aquaman feels like that as well. But, but just, it's really yeah. working for the audience. Like, people are liking it. It's like they, they, I don't know. It's like they just chuck everything at the screen and to see what, what stick and people are responding to it and saying, yeah, it's sticking. Some people have said this is a long movie. It's like over two hours. It's probably I've got to be honest. To I, I didn't feel it. Like I was, I was fully invested. I was enjoying all of it, but I did. I got I to about hear, the ninety minute mark and I was like, wow. wow. See, I, I didn't feel that at all. I, I, the movie ended. I'm like, oh, is that it? Like it's finished. I could have just continued <laughs> in this world with this movie. But one opinion that I did did hear recently was that Black Manta could have been safe for the next film. They should have removed him completely. I really liked him in this, and he did, for me, play a crucial part in his origin. And this does come from the comic books as well, where Aquaman has been responsible for killing Black Manta's dad. That's in the comics. Sure, okay. And yeah. then in retaliation, like years later, Aquaman has a son with Mera. And Black Panther kills his son. It gets really dark. I don't think that's going to happen in this bright, glowy <laughs> Aquaman universe. But I do like the fact that part of his arc was back then, he did feel responsible after the fact that he could have saved Black Manta's dad's life, but he didn't. And he regretted that choice this that movie, he made. It rushes that plot point so quickly. It's like. But that's not brought back up Arthur until the end. Arthur and Mira are, are like sitting on their boat, and you know, like he's starting to talk about this one situation. You know, after their confrontation with with Black Manta, who, like, that actor is giving a very wooden delivery. I mean, it's pretty. I, I think they either should have focused on Black Manta, or just removed him. You know, have Black Manta as the main villain. But it's one of those things like if they only get to make one Aquaman movie, like nobody knew how successful this movie was going to be, and it's still not finished. Like it's gonna continue to go gangbusters. But this could have been the only Aquaman film. And if that's the case, you need to have Black Manta. When maybe Black... if they had an inkling that they were gonna get a trilogy out of it, right. I reckon they would have saved when him. For Black the Manta showed up or fully suited up. I mean, was it comic book accurate? 100%. It looked, 100%. It looked, looked amazing. Freaking ridiculous. It, of course. He's wearing a giant <laughs> Hey Arnold head like shaped <laughs> costume. Like He's got a football head. But I like, when they first started releasing pictures for this, he had him working on the helmet. And it was that first prototype, right. the one that explodes. And people were getting concerned. Oh, you're shying away from the comic accurate costume. Oh, right, yeah. And then it's explained expect. that, no, no, no. 
I need to go bigger because it's self-destructed. Black Manta, for me, looks absolutely perfect in this with, movie. With that, you know, he rocks up with... You've got, like, those Atlantean, uh, I guess, like, surface soldiers, I guess, you know, ones with, like, the water suit. Yeah. Like, again, like, a comic book... Like, I guess, generally, comic book I mean, A lot of it is comic accurate. They it, look ridiculous. Do, it does look like something you'd see out of the original Star Wars. And with that in mind, let's let's go with it. I mean, the costumes look plastic. They look like Power Ranger villains. But maybe, and maybe they are. Maybe there's some sort of like hard, <laughs> indestructible plastic, but they do have a plastic look to them, just like Stormtroopers do. Mm. But they're, they're really there just to keep water in the suit. That's what they're there for. They're not there to like protect them from anything else, although they should have better protection, though, because they get taken down... Fairly easily. Oh, how many times were, were characters just sort of standing around talking or something and then there's an explosion right in, in their face? I counted like three or four times. It was kind of bugging me by the third time. It kept happening. It's going to happen, though, isn't it? Like, you, we you're going to have, like, cannon fodder, whether it's the good guys or the bad guys. It's going to happen. But with Black Manta, I thought it was, it was just the costume was working. When we get to see Orm, and we get a lot of Patrick Wilson without the helmet yeah yeah when he puts the helmet on holy shit that is the comics this movie <laughs> is the most comic book accurate movie dc have made ever this is the way but it is feels it a good like thing? a live action comic well i, I think it is i i can say give, yeah it was giving me no, what i wanted that's a fair statement a live action comic minus the good writing <laughs> if you want to like I mean, visually there's, there's yes. jokes in here that don't always land I would say the success of this movie, I think people's enjoyment and the audience going in, a lot of it would be resting on Jason Momoa. That guy, it's like Jason he's Moe. just got some sort of reach. There's something about him where people, male, female, just find him. Oh, he's appealing. a good-looking bloke. He's got a charm to him. He is the best part of this movie. I think if not for him, I probably would have cut my wrists. <laughs> <laughs> there's an octopus playing the drums. There's seahorses. There's, like, giant... Mm helmeted villains there's all these crazy things all these crazy things going on but one thing stumped me and it stayed with me i had to look it up afterwards so i mentioned orm or you know right. he wants to be the ocean master oh every time he said ocean master oh, i love like, it again it's no his name. ridiculous it's, yeah but it's his yeah name. but it sounds stupid it, like it's, i know it's so but dumb mate i could not Aquaman, we're gonna go as far back as the early 40s no like i get it that's and they're where, in the comics that's where the character think, comes from so it's that thing where sometimes there are things that just shouldn't translate disagree. into the film no, disagree. Like they could have they could have just renamed him but then People would complain, I've renamed him. But I anyway, think maybe they the could issue. have not named him. Can I just tell you the goddamn issue? Fine. Let's <laughs> tell you the goddamn issue. Patrick Wilson, right, in real life, is five years older than Momoa. Sure. But he's playing his younger he's playing brother. Younger brother. But Momoa makes reference to like being born in, born in the early 30s. Essentially, Momoa is like early 30s. So they're saying that Patrick Wilson's about 30 years old in this movie. Wow. Which is absolutely bonkers. But then you've got Nicole Kidman playing Atlanta. In real life, he's seven years older than Patrick Wilson. Mm. The age I, thing, I just couldn't come to grips with it. Like as soon as they mentioned that Patrick Wilson was the younger brother of Jason Momoa, and then whenever I'd see Wilson without his helmet, he had that weird, smoothed face where they have obviously made him look a bit younger. Yeah. The octopus, the seahorse, I'm in. <laughs> 
But having <laughs> Patrick Wilson play Momoa's younger brother was a bit of a stretch. I, I lo- think they. I love. I love the things that you have an issue with. They in this could have movie. gone away. <laughs> what difference would it have made if Orm was Arthur's older brother? Like if he was born first and then. Oh, okay, that makes a big difference actually. Well, <laughs> because, no, because Arthur would have been born out not, of an no, affair. No, no, because that's the whole thing. Because Arthur is the rightful king, isn't it? Oh, that would change. It, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So okay, I get it. Right. Fair enough. That's why. <laughs> that's well. That's the age thing. Clear up. Look. Weird, I feel like. I get it. The costumes are accurate. Okay, all good. That's brave. They're doing it. But it's ridiculous. There was not one point where I saw Ocean Master on screen and could take him seriously like at all. Like I didn't believe anything that was happening with him. Patrick Wilson, uh, delivering lines, fine. It's okay. Not his best work. I mean, well, he is. Well, he's got a lot to do here. He's Mr. Exhibition. He's the one that's... Doing all of it. He's doing all the heavy lifting. Him and Mera. The thing with his plot, you know, like, yeah, there's so much expedition and stuff. He's talking about this, trying to convince everyone to, we've got to go to war with the surface. We've got to do this, blah, blah, blah. They're, the the surface people have done all this damage to the oceans, to, you know, like, pollution, all this crap. We don't see any of it. Yeah, that, and I know that was all you have real to kind life of, issues. You have it? to yeah. take the real world and apply it and then be like, okay, to convince yourself... The movie isn't showing you that. It's actually showing you an underwater world that is beautiful, amazing. So it's hard that to sort of be part like part of the underwater. You know, you do see other areas of the ocean, and that's you did. But you a good think point as there. an Atlantean, you sit around and be like, "Why would we go to war? Like our world is beautiful here." Like there, part affected. of it is, but it, it's just. But they show that pollution is is getting worse in this world and the real world. But what you just brought up there, they, but do they don't kind, show you that. But they, they just do in a couple of scenes and then they leave it they don't really go back to it because yeah, it's all it's... about the big the fantastical fights underwater let's talk mirror i think amber heard is great in this she's okay like i really thought, liked it. i I'm... did i was expecting a worse performance from i thought it was going to be like oh she's going to be pretty crummy you know thinking maybe they've just gone let's get her in she's got you know for looks you know be fine you know just deliver her lunch whatever She's okay. We've She's seen pretty it before decent. In Justice League, where it's it's a lot more grayscale and different. You know, she's not got the bright red hair, which which you do have here. Again, comic accurate. I thought the bright red hair is amazing. <laughs> you know, I did a sounds like comic episode talking about Elseworlds, and one of the things I said on that is when you've got Batwoman like with a costume looking so good, Ruby Rose is wearing the worst red wig. Sure. Mera in this that's what they need to do I know they've got more money on a movie compared to a TV budget but this although it's bright it's red it was just working for me did the relationship between Arthur and Mira what did you think I mean they get together that's like their whole thing so they all, all no matter what interpretation it is those two always find each other so chemistry wise with the with the actors with the characters is it there I think it works. I mean, we we no. are dealing <laughs> we are dealing with Aquabro. I was still not. I'm saying about all this, this being is, computer. Uh, I'm saying we're getting a lot of comic accurate things in here. Like Momoa is still very different to what we know mm. as being Aquaman. Putting him in the classic costume helps. <laughs> it, re- it really does help. But I do think you know. I just think again, going back to Momoa, there being just something about him like. Again, there's jokes in this movie that don't always work, but yeah, I, I think they they work well enough together. I think individually they're both really solid, but maybe they're not the best together. This is my summary of their relationship, I suppose. This is what they what this movie does is have 
they, they go the classic route of these two characters get together purely because they're away from other characters and other people for a period of time. That's what it is. You know, like they something scares them and they hold each other's hands and then they look at their hands and they look at each other and it's like, that's that's their relationship. There's nothing else going on. But there I, was yeah. a nice moment when they arrive in Italy and she's sort of she's doing quirky things like she doesn't understand stuff. She gets these flowers and she eats them. That's I was thing. really... Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shit, we're getting... I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I like the fountain. Too. Yeah. But then they, they just do something dumb, like this kid turns around and gives her a book of Pinocchio. Why the hell is I that know, kid? That is just it would have been better yeah. if she just turned around and had seen the book on a stand. Or, they do. You know, like, I, yes, dumb shit yes, like that I, is I agree flooded that. Okay, throughout okay. this movie. Let's just rewind slightly. She's eating the petals. And then just so she's not going to be embarrassed, he also tries it. I like that. That was a good nice, yep. moment between the two. But yeah, her, purely the, the girl giving scene. the book where... Oh, holy shit. I've not mentioned this yet. The way that he communicates with sea life, when he's got like the ripples, like the aqua telepathy, perfect. Cartoon, comic, here it is yeah, in live action. I really like that. And that's how he got the whale. But yeah, they really do play him up to be the idiot. Like, you know, she's like, oh, I didn't realise you got the plan from a book. He's like, I didn't know it was a book. I saw it in a movie. You know, it's playing him up being a bit of a buffoon. They do move away from that a little bit. But that thing as well, when they're in the desert, and they yep. need water, and she gets a bit of water from his forehead, and he's like, "I could have just peed on it." To be fair, I was worried about that line being in the movie because I didn't like it in the trailer. Didn't oh, like. I didn't, know it was didn't in, want it in the this movie. Is why I, don't I didn't know that was in the trailer. But it's in watching trailer. that scene unfold, I was thinking, I was like, "Why one of them just yeah, peed so I, on it?" I didn't like that. I don't want my Aquaman peeing on things. But I mean, the thought was there. Like they yeah. need to add water to it. Like why draw? It's sweat? more impressive how she did it. Let's talk about her use of her abilities. So she's got the aqua telekinesis, which is pretty cool on the page. And I thought they executed it really well. So she essentially just pushes things, right? Like And she can create water. solid constructs out of water. Right. Yeah, so she uses it let's talk about Sicily. You know, for a great set piece. Oh, again, that's why I do like that scene. Like that, that it in gave the me a romancing the stone, Indiana Jones, that kind of vibe. Like you know, the the long shots, you know, the running, the jumping. Yeah. You're getting to see like a lot of practical effects, stunts in that scene that I thought was oh, very impressive. Oh, when they're jumping over the building. Yeah, and I was she getting like that um, trick with the. Which one is it? Skyfall, one of the Bond films, like with the Daniel Craig ones, he's running across. Casino the Royale. That was the yeah. opening. It was a casino royale. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the opening of that movie. That, like most of that looked practical, whereas yeah. like in Aquaman, yeah, it didn't. But um, you know, like it's I mean, there. this did. Yeah, I, I agree that it was. We'll executed, talk about effects. It was executed Sorry, better but... in Casino Royale, but I was liking. I, I thought that whole scene was really good, and then the way she takes down the enemy is using the wine. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's she fair. does. Honestly, I'm really surprised this movie's not just called Aquaman and Mirror. You know, like Ant-Man and the Wasp? Because she's pretty integral to this movie, to the plot. And she is really good in it. She does have a, a bigger role than I thought it would have been. I thought she would have just been tagging along. And you know, when there's the Ring of Fire battle, and it ends up being a lot bigger than what Arthur Curry thought it was going to be. And then the way she has to show her hand in front of Ocean mm. Master, her father, all of that, I thought, was great. Because she made a huge sacrifice there. Yeah, she, she really does a lot. She is not a damsel in distress in this movie, and I really love that fact. That's true. Ring of Fire. Did you notice a lot of Finding Nemo sort of references, jokes, or was it just me? Well, maybe, maybe just you. Willem Dafoe was in that scene when they first mentioned the Ring of Fire, and I was like, please, could you not have had Willem Dafoe say that? Willem Dafoe plays 
uh, I can't remember the fish's name in the fish tank in Finding Nemo. And oh, then when they're, didn't even know that. when they're doing an inauguration for Nemo, he's like, prepare to ring off fire. It would have been great. Would have been fantastic. On Defoe, though, he was good. I thought he was good in this. Yeah, I've heard people have been saying, like, underused him. No, I disagree. But it's like, you know, like, he was fine. Like, what else did you... I mean, they could have just had anyone play that character, but you, but got, he was you good got Willem Dafoe. Like, and it was not? good for him not to really be a bad guy. You know, that, that's usually his <laughs> yeah. go-to. So I thought it was good having yeah, him like, play it straight. I mean, I'm not familiar with the characters in How They Unfold, but, you know, if at some point it turned around and he was like, oh, you've been uh, deceiving you all along, I would have kind of expected that from like, oh, it's one of the phone. Yeah, fair enough. But we get a good it's performance not. from Defoe, which is not uncommon, to be honest, but it's good to see him in a good guy role. Let's just do it then. Let's talk special effects. There's a scene in this with the trench. Now, in... The credits for this movie, it's got uh, one of the writers is credited as Jeff Johns, which is, I'd say, the main basis for this movie. Like his run that he did in the comics, The New 52, back in 2011. And The Trench, I believe, was a creation of his in that story. Okay, sure. And there's that shot in this where this is James Wan. Like outside of Fast and Furious 7, he is a horror guy. Yeah. That's what he's known for. But oh my God, he can direct an action scene. Yeah, man, but he. Would you hear that a lot of horror guys start in horror because that's like a way in and then they can start making the movies they want to make. Mm. James Wan is a horror fan. So even though he's doing this, you know, big underwater spectacle, when you see the trench, terrifying. I thought they were brilliant. And there's that awesome shot that where you're going underwater and the, you've got Aquaman, Mira swimming away and you've got the red flares and you really see the scope of how many trench are really there and the way they're following them down, visually stunning now i looked at some behind the scene shots the upper bodies on the trench all practical effects oh okay oh man so there's some pictures of Amber the fact Heard that there's in practical costume. stuff in this movie actually there's a lot of practical stuff yeah. the the king fisherman you know they get they get taken down very quickly yeah i was surprised at how short they were in the movie just like the trench upper body practical effect and then cgi for the for the tail so there is a lot of practical okay, effects sure. going on in here because that's that's why you get someone like James Wan because he's going to bring that, but then he's also going to give you the the big CGI shots that in a movie today you're only going to get using. If that. if just talking about like action sequences, how they're filmed, choreographed, and delivered on screen, they're pretty decent. There's lots of wide shots. You can see the action, what's going on, even in the big, huge fight, especially in the third act. James Wan is good at he's you know he, he tracks these shots where it's like you're following one thing it almost looks like there's no cuts I mean I'm sure there was cuts and it's all pieced together nicely but he's he's doing it and they're like these really cool shots he can somehow piece together these scenes and they look cool I mean there's probably one too many probably more than that of like just slow mo shots of like here's the money here's the money piece and then you know it's like okay enough like they do that a lot in it's this gonna movie. happen though it's gonna happen. How the, the, the scenes are constructed is pretty cool. I was like, it's pretty amazing. Like, big spectacle. The downside is not just the heavy... You, know, you did mention there's, there's practical stuff, but there is heavy CGI, and a lot of it looks really shit. Not just crummy or bad. A lot of it looks really, really shit. Like, bad. I mean, when, when the characters are sort of like, like standing around, floating around in water, it's almost motionless... 
it looks real. It's like, okay, that's cool, that works. And I know, like, there's a glaze of water over a lot of them. So, it, you know, maybe that's why their faces look a little bit, like, almost not real because they're underwater. Makes sense. When you have a character diving into water and swimming, it just... A cartoon to the max. Like, it's very shoddy. I get what you're saying. Works for me. <sighs> I, I was so visually just liking this movie, It wasn't man. just like, a few I, shots, though. It was yeah, the majority I, of the I movie. I get it. I mean, it this... so bad. It, it's an expensive movie as is. And I've always said this about the... The DC TV shows, like, you know, Arrow, Flash, But you, you're talking, you know, you it give a TV show. It doesn't matter. You do give them a little bit more a leeway. But shows. I would rather them aim high and not quite get it and miss than play it safe. And this movie does not play it safe. They could have played it safe and you would have lost a lot of what we got here. But staying with the practical effects and movies along slightly, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk Julie Andrews because she's in this. She's like that slug cracking. Thing, yeah, she's right? yeah. the um, she's the big thing at the end, and wow, again, Julie Andrews is in this movie. Could have been anyone, but it could have been. Could Julie have gone Andrews. for Mary Poppins. Yeah, why not? At a time where a Mary Poppins movie is coming out, which I thought was quite interesting. You'd have thought she'd have popped up in that one, not this one. Mary Had a cameo in a Mary different... popped up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but that was a good scene because like the it was accidental. That was a good scene because it was the whole thing where I like how she was caught by surprise that he could actually hear her because obviously people had come and we're talking about we're at the end of the movie third act. The whole point of this movie is that to unite the seven kingdoms, Arthur Curry needs to have the title of king and to prove that he's worthy, he needs the golden trident. MacGuffin. That's what he's looking for. So we know based on the trailers, even knowing that that's what he's looking for in this movie. We know it's going to happen. Yeah, we do. So, but he goes there. But it was interesting to find that many people have tried and failed, yet he's the one that's going to succeed. But he's also the first one that could actually hear it. The first one after the original King Atlas. Oh, that's it. So, yeah. I was thinking, how are they going to do this? Because we've got to see King Atlan, you know, his body's all decomposed, or kind of. He's, you, know, he's, you still see his form. He's got the trident. And I thought, oh, it'd be a bit weird if Momoa just like puts his clothes on. So I like that it was like magic. <laughs> the clothes just like just just formed around him, and he was then dressed think, in the outfit. By the time we got to this moment, where he's and I'm all for his already like somehow they've made the costume look cool. They have when and he when in he terms walks of, out of in terms of these, I guess what you say like these comic accurate costumes yep. and designs. He's the one if he is like he's pretty accurate, but like they've modernized. They made it look oh they cool. modernized it, it, but they've got the orange and green. It looks really cool it does look cool as opposed to say like Ocean Master or Ma- like I'm like if they are so they can't look accurate but they still look ridiculous this Aquaman like in this bright orange golden thing I digged that it, it <laughs> is a great cool. costume and I said we weren't going to bring up Justly again but you put side by side this costume and Justly it would have been better I mean would have been better holy crap yeah that Justly especially one. with that brighter Superman that we got in there you know like this is it is a really good costume so when he's got the golden trident and he walks out of the waterfall he just looks amazing he looks absolutely amazing oh uh atlana oh yeah she's alive she's alive you know i watched a clip of momoa being interviewed recently and he was talking about how you know like he was so conflicted like he thought it was an enemy but then he was being reunited with context i'm like he's just giving away that his mum's alive <laughs> in this interview, but I didn't know. I didn't know she was going to be alive, and when she was, I was like, 
Oh, of course she is. Of course she's alive. I can't believe I didn't realise it. So it was, it was me being an idiot, but it was a nice surprise where she was still alive with grey hair. It reminded me and of the wasp. wasp being alive. <laughs> but anywho. Oi, they, so they get to this like under, like hidden island thing, dinosaurs. Amazing. Why not? What, like It's the centre of the yeah, earth and there's dinosaurs. That I was like, okay, this is happening. Not one of them acknowledges the fact, oh, oh shit, dinosaurs. Like, I mean, these are essentially, yeah, they're, you know, super beings, Atlanteans, like fish world. Shouldn't they still be like, I mean, it holy crap, still dinosaurs. be something, but... Someone should have addressed it. At the same time, though, they've got a lot going on. And it, if they <laughs> just being from... I think if Arthur Curry had gone from surface to there, maybe... We had Atlantis in the middle, and then you had the other kingdoms as well. So he's yeah. seen that. And they other literally things. just got attacked on that boat. By like... And you know, Steppenwolf, aliens. He's seen things, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I suppose. Yes, yeah, so, but I get it. You know, you still think he'd be like, hey, dinosaurs. But I thought that was cool, and that's not necessarily Aquaman, but that is DC Comics. Like there is worlds where there's dinosaurs. Hmm. So I thought that was um, pretty cool. So let's talk score then. We've got. Rupert Gregson Williams, you may recognise him as the composer of Wonder Woman. Mm. What he did there, what he's not necessarily done here, he gave us a memorable score. There's a lot of, um, there's sort of like different flavours to this a score as well. Of, they yeah. do that a lot. Like they play up a, um, like a, like it's almost like an underwater techno sound when they're in yeah. Atlantis. So when I say not very memorable, I think not as good as what we've heard from him before. But then I was thinking about like, because I have, like, as well as watching the movie, I've got the Aquaman soundtrack because I wanted to listen to it a couple of times in anticipation of talking about it now. And even upon repeat listening, it's still not really staying with me. Like, there's a track, uh, Suited and Booted, I think, which is kind of okay. And you're getting a little bit of the signature theme they use for Aquaman. But thinking back to what he gave us on the, the Wonder Woman soundtrack, the best bits of that soundtrack for me is what he lifted from Wonder Woman's music in Batman v Superman. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But Wonder Woman is a great, <laughs> a great soundtrack. It is, but I was thinking, yeah, but it's mainly like you're just riffing on Hans Zimmer, what well, he that, did previously. That's it, yeah, there's not. I mean, yeah, there's there's flavors, but it, overall, it's just like okay, you know. Well, you're right, there is different flavours. But a lot, it sound, of, a lot of it sounded that, like things I've heard before as well, yeah. you know? But that's a lot of the movie, isn't it? Like, there is so much going on in this movie, above water, underwater, like, you know, all the different visuals, the music. It is a lot going on at once. It's very busy. It's very busy. And messy, but very enjoyable. So the movie ended. This is a DC movie, not a Marvel movie. I'm thinking, do I hang around? Is there going to be a post credit scene? And there was. I was mm. rewarded. There's not an end credit scene. It's a mid I waited. <laughs> I waited until nah, the very I end. I Googled it because this is, this is what happened. Okay, we... I like being surprised though. Um, yeah. But this is the, the unique situation I was in. Um, I, was with, I was with two people watching them. One mate, one wife. Um, the credits started to roll and we all looked at each other and went, holy shit. And then the wife was like, do, do we wait for a post-credit? Is there something? And I was like, who gives a shit? By this point in time, I was like, I don't care. But I Googled it anyway just because I needed to complete it. And I was like, there's a mid-credit scene. Let's just wait. So we watched it. This is what we got. Black Manta and Dr. Shin. Now, we'd seen Dr. Shin 
in certain parts of the movie on TV. Yeah, it's doing been like a news report forum sort of panel thing. We've already mentioned, I think, a couple of times now, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. And he's in it Randall well. Park is Dr. Shin, and he was the agent in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So we get to see him again here. And I did recognise that game... And I did recognise that name from the comics. Now, he was someone that was investigating Atlantis, and he kind of worked with Arthur Curry as like a mentor, but he had his ulterior motives. Yeah. It seems like with this, they're going straight down the villain side. Yeah, so they're going to... I guess these two human, Earth, like surface-dwelling characters are going to be... You know, whatever comes next will be the the surface taking on the underwater world sort of thing. So, yeah, you got two human characters from the surface sort of teaming up, getting that done. But in the comics, like Black Manta, half his face is scarred by Aquaman's trident. Was it scarred in this? In this one, it's the explosion of his helmet. Right, yeah. So they've changed that slightly. Um, but he's still got like a battle-damaged mm. face. But them two are coming back and... You know, it was a little cartoony. <laughs> Before what you're saying, not the first time for this movie. A little cartoony how Black Manta just left after that fight in Sicily. But that's fine. Kind of like oh, just I mean, off. yeah, that's more on like the the like, character yeah. just like it's such a minimal role, even though it's impactful, I guess. And there's more to him. He's integral. They to his get origin, rid of him, and yeah. then boom. Oh, he's alive. Okay, cool. And there's more to come. And I'm glad okay. that he's alive. It was it was good to see him. He knew at it the end. You knew. Yeah, it was I know, but it was still. Good to see him, and good to see that there was a post-credit scene because it's just what we've come to expect and enjoy from modern action movies, primarily from Marvel Studios. But it is good to see that little bit of extra footage that maybe some people see it, some people don't, but you can always stick around with the one that sees it. You can always be the one. So I think, peppered throughout this review, you've given your rating, but sum it up for us. How low do you think I'm going to go? I don't want to say. I, uh, and before you give your your number out of five, quite surprised by your take on the movie, but go ahead. <laughs> I guess in this in this podcast, in this episode specifically, um, I've let you speak your mind because um, I wanted you to get all your thoughts out. Maybe I haven't said all I needed to say because I guess what I need to say is a lot worse than maybe what I've managed to squeeze out. Uh, without overstepping you and just talking over you most of it. Um, I'm just going to leave. I'll come back when you finish. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was absolutely ridiculous. Um, I can see how people are enjoying the fun, the the craziness, but there with the effects being so bad, but with the writing, most of the dialogue, half of the performances being pretty average, average to bad, there was not one point in this movie where I was like, I'm really believing what I'm watching. I'm really invested. I'm really into this. I'm. There was not one point where I was like, this is a real movie with real things happening. It was, you could say it was a Saturday morning cartoon, but like not even to the point where it was like, this is fun to me. I was, I was cringing uh, between minutes. Um, by the, by the time we got to that ginormous fight at the end, I was like, who even cares anymore that this is, this is crazy, it's bonkers, and I get the appeal there, but there was nothing, there was nothing real about this movie that made it structurally sound in any way. Um, I'm going really, really low with this, 1.5 out of 5. Wow. This movie was shockingly bad. Um... You know, I, I'm trying to. I, I really tried to find positives to it, but 
it's <laughs> I mean Arthur Curry it is, is it is worth Arthur is, Curry right? is yeah. the only thing worth watching this and that's why there is no zero mark. <laughs> like it's a one point five. It's like Aquaman is a cool character. They've delivered a cool character. Um some performances are pretty decent, but the plot is just so simple. It's the you know the son, the rightful heir, must return. He must get this MacGuffin item to come back and be triumphant. Yeah, so that's the plot, and it's a basic plot. But outside of the recent Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, what origin movie I mean, for a yeah, superhero yeah. doesn't have a basic plot? Because that needs to be the story, and then the next movie is when you increase it. Okay, I I had so much fun with this movie, and at the very beginning of this podcast, I said it's a mess, and it is. Like there's ups and downs. Uh, a lot of the jokes don't work. Uh, visually, I find it very appealing. You're right. Not all the CGI is pulled off perfectly, but I'm really enjoying the lengths they're going to show us these big spectacles. It's never going to look real, people swimming and talking underwater. <laughs> yeah. It's just not going to look real. Like Whether it's space or water, you're not going to get that. In a space movie, a lot of the time it's doing a spaceship. In this movie, they're underwater. There's a lot of good performances in here. Primarily with Momoa and Heard. I think they're both fantastic. As I've said, maybe more separately. But they do come together a couple of times. Dolph Lundgren. Holy crap. <laughs> we've just had Creed 2. Now we've got him in this. And he's one of the stronger performances in this. And that's a genuine that is praise weird, for him. Like he, he really I is guess, good in this. I guess that's like I guess that maybe that's how you can sum up the movie. It's like this is a movie where you see Dolph Lundgren riding a seahorse, and that's amazing. That is incredible. It's what I say to but people. But the context of it. I've been asked, is Aquaman good? If you've ever wanted to see Dolph Lundgren ride a seahorse, this is the movie for you. But that's and that that's the that's the. But there's it, so, so many great elements in this movie. Now, the first time we got to see anything connected to this movie with the classic Aquaman costume statues, action figures, and my thought initially is, oh, well, that's just what they're doing for the merchandise. And I was always saying that, I was hoping we'd get that on screen and we weren't just going to get what we'd seen before in Justice League. The costume here is perfect. Momoa is the perfect Aquaman for this live-action shared universe. He's still different to the one that I know and love from the comics, but we're getting an interesting take. And as this movie goes along, is more in line with, I guess, Aquaman that we get from the comics. I'm loving the ridiculousness of Black Manta's helmet, Ocean Master's helmet. I just had so much fun with this movie. And it, you can just tell that they've been able to successfully, this is Warner Brothers, they've been able to successfully break away from what Snyder started. He was going in one direction. That's no longer happening, clearly. But they're breaking away successfully here to do something different. I mean, they, tr they tried to change directions with Justice League. We just ended up getting two different movies smashed together. Mm. But this is at least... So that was their subtle course correction, But this I is guess. a full course correction. Like, you know, we had, Running in the opposite direction. We had, you know, success with Wonder Woman. And what I will say, Wonder Woman is the better movie, I think, of Wonder Woman and Aquaman. But I much more preferred the third act of Aquaman because what Wonder Woman did is what a lot of these big action movies do. They just fall flat on the third act and it gets big and silly. Whereas, I guess this gets big and silly too, but it really <laughs> works and complements the film. It's it's just a big, fun movie. And that, I mean, what more could you want from a big, 
blockbuster. And I guess my association or connection with this character added a lot. And I love what this movie is based on. And that's what we're giving on screen. It's the first time that we've, that we've seen it on this scale. We saw a little bit in Justice League. Again, it is a mess, but it's a fun mess. I'm going to come in with a four out of five. Holy Jesus in here. And I am looking forward to watching this movie a second time. And I will be buying the the Blu-ray. Of course I will, to go with this, my other DC films. This, this movie actually seriously made me question. Now, I know Shazam's coming out and I'm going to watch it. And I, I honestly do think that's going to be amazing. But this movie made me question, am I done with these DC live-action movies? Like, but you don't need crap. to be, though, because we're holy talking crap. about how this one sticks out from all the others. Right. And Shazam looks to be different again. And no doubt Birds <laughs> of Prey is going not, to be I different mean, again. I mean, people are liking it, so maybe I'm definitely in the minority. But, like, this just proves me that, like, Warner Brothers DC, like, they don't know what the hell they're doing. I disagree. With I, I, I like, disagree. And they've put together a really fun movie with this. And maybe this is going to be the direction of, say, Aquaman 2, Aquaman 3... But just like what Marvel Studios do, like we, each character just gives us like a different genre or a different take. But at the at the core, it's like tonally they still will fit, even though you are getting different genres of, of movies. They feel of one thing, and there's not one movie in this series of films that that honestly fit the same tone that you can believe is, is the, in first, the same movie. No, 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 no. Like, the first movies they made were all the same tone, and they were grim and they were dour. And then they took it in a lighter direction. The Zack Snyder ones, yes. Well, I mean, yeah, okay. So well, Man of Steel Man and Steel, BVS. Barbie, Superman. They're the only ones that have the same tone. A lot of Justice League with that. And then, you know, Joss Whedon did come in, but they're all sharing that tone. Wonder Woman was its own thing. And that's why it, it escalated it. because Aquaman it was. is very much its own Suicide thing. Suicide Squad was just a... a oh, yeah, for uh, a Bonkers, <laughs> That was its own thing as well. But it still fit that tone, although it was, like, silly at times and played like a bloody long music video. <laughs> too many songs but I do like the fact that the, the directions that they seem to be going in they're going for different flavours like we're getting big with superpowers with Shazam and then we're getting Harley Quinn coming back in this Birds of Prey movie and they've got like various other projects on the go I'm just glad that they're having financial su success with this one because it has been a long time coming as always we like to close out on some trivia an Atlantean alphabet was created for the film. The trident of Neptune has the words Paul and Mort engraved in Atlantean on it. It is a reference to Aquaman creators Paul Norris and Mort Weisinger. Again, leaning into the comics, embracing it. I like a nice nod to the creators there. During Arthur's meeting with Volko, the Annabelle doll from director James Wan's Conjuring horror films can be seen on the floor. Bullshit. You had to get it in somewhere. Bullshit. It's in really? there. Wow. Fact, in the movie. Very cool. Is that a two out of five? I no. think. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for our review of Aquaman. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Street Podcast. And we also have our sister shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you haven't already, check out our recent review of Bumblebee and also Sounds Like Comics' latest episode, looking at the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Uh, next up from us will be our year in review episode, looking at and wrapping up 2018. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon.
here we are talking about the latest DC film.